1: Alright, there are no must-wins in the NFL unless you're in the postseason, or you have to win to get in the postseason, and that sort of thing. So we're not there yet, but eh, this might be one of the closer sort of, yeah, the, the Bucks can't lose their fourth in a row situation this Sunday against the Houston Texans down in Houston, only because, and and I'm not good at math, so I'm not going to get too, too into it, but... They're a half game out of first place Atlanta, New Orleans, and of course, they have a win over New Orleans on the road, which is to their benefit, a loss to Atlanta, which means they've got to go on the road against Atlanta. But all you know, the, the balance of their NFC South games are ahead of them, so they can still control their own destiny with respect to those South teams. It's, it's the other games they have to find a way to win as well, and you know, ones that they have a, a punching chance. This would be one of those. The Houston Texans have been surprising this year. Because they have, a, a you know, a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud who looks like, of the rookie quarterbacks, you know, with Bryce Young and others, he seems to be um, the best one. And not just because he shares my surname. Uh, but I think he has protected the football. He has played sort of a, you know, the position the way you would want a player to play it, reading things out, Um Taking deep shots when they're there, checking the ball down when he doesn't. He doesn't have a great offensive line. He doesn't have really name receivers. I mean, you're talking about Nico Collins, right? Guys like Robert Woods, who's who's been uh, who's doubtful. Um, you know, Tank Dell. Stop. Stop me when you hear somebody you you can recognize here. And and yet, he's played really good football. And you know, they just lost to the Carolina Panthers. That was the Panthers first win of the season. So it's not like this is a juggernaut team. In fact, what's surprising about the Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud is that he's even standing right now because their offensive line has been obliterated by injuries. Now, you know, I've done this a while, and most teams in the NFL don't have five good offensive line. When I say good, I mean NFL starting quality. Obviously, you got to play somebody, right? There's, everybody's going to put somebody out there. But NFL starting quality... Uh, you know, linemen, five of them, much less six or seven, right? So if you get an injury or two, you're bringing in somebody that, who's adequate and, and can hold up. In Houston's case, they're already down to their one, two, three, fourth center. And I'm here to tell you, center's one of those positions that is one of the hardest to find, a good center. Uh, because there's a lot involved with that, right? You gotta read things out, you gotta help with protections, all that stuff, you gotta slide, um, and 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 you gotta hold up because you're the closest path to the quarterback. But they've lost um three other centers, Juice Drugs, Jared Patterson, and Kendrick Green, all on IR. And and they're just gonna start uh I guess it's Michael Dieter, who hasn't played very much at all. Larry Tunzel, who's their best offensive lineman, in the left tackle, he's questionable this week. You got a couple other guys on on the injury list, and and yet, out of all of this, C.J. Stroud has managed to you know to keep them in games. And I just look at this game and this opportunity for the Bucks with the last of the rest that they're going to get, right? Because they played the Thursday night game, then they had, and it's going to be ten days before they play on Sunday. So the bodies have healed up. It's about the healthiest they're going to be the rest of the year because they're getting no weeks off now, no days off really. They're going to be playing every Sunday, most games at one o'clock, except for the one on the West Coast. And you know they've got to get back to five hundred. I mean that you know I I don't know that this division is going to be won by a team that's many games over five hundred. Maybe nine wins, maybe eight could win it perhaps but you've got to hang in the race especially against teams like Houston. This game and next week's game against the Tennessee Titans, which by the way have gotten a lot better with their new quarterback and you know, so that's that's suddenly not a gimme either. But but you have to win games against teams that you're either going to be favored or expected to win. And, you know, we've seen them lose to Philadelphia. Okay. Well, you know, they'll probably lose to San Francisco, even though they've lost three in a row and they're in a bye week this week. This game in Houston is so important, Steve, that if they if they drop four in a row and have to come back against Tennessee and they're and they're a game and a half to almost two games out of the division with with San Francisco looming, I mean, you could be you could be looking at Five losses or you know five out of six or six out of seven, like it it could get really dark and stormy here quick, yeah, I mean uh, you said it at the beginning it, there's not must win until the playoffs,
0: but this kind of feels like it it does, doesn't it I mean, had you beaten Atlanta a couple weeks ago that now, was the one now you got a game to play with, or mm-hmm. you know it, it mm-hmm. wouldn't feel, but you know knowing Houston, knowing the type of team they are, I mean they've done better than maybe I've expected. But as you said, their offensive line's beat up. I mean, you're on their fourth center.
1: Nobody has. Bucks got to their centers. second
0: center last year and were awful. Yeah, they're still bad. Yeah. And so, I mean, this it's a road game, which makes it tougher. Yeah, it's going to be loud, noise. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about penalties in a minute. Yeah. And, and, yeah, they've struggled on the road, particularly with the, the pre-snap penalties. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, but, like you said, it's not must-win. But, man, you don't want to go two games below 500.
1: No. And right. and four in a row, right? Like, well, and that's the other part of it, absolutely. It, it, now all of a sudden, it's like we need a win, right? There, the guys are talking in the locker room this week, like, "Hey, we don't care, like who we're playing. Like, we, we just need a dub. Like, we we mm-hmm. got to break this streak, right? Because, you know, we said this: games have momentum, and seasons have momentum. And they started out really well, three and one. Not that they played anybody great; they lost the games that you would the game you expected them to lose against the Eagles, but they were three and one, mm-hmm. and. They, everything was riding high. And then what happened? Bye week Momentum killer. Total momentum killer. Guys scattered. You didn't have that good feeling, right? You'd rather win going into the bye week than lose, but it's a way too early bye week right? It was week after four games. So they come back, and what did Todd Bull say? We were sluggish. Well, do you think it's because of the bye week No, we handled the bye week really well. We were just sluggish. Well, you can't really have it both ways, right? So... That killed their momentum. Now you lose a couple of games, and just like they were rolling a little bit, now it starts to build. Now, now the momentum is is negative. Now it's the other way, and you've got to find a way to stop the bleeding. Right? Tom Brady would always say, um, "You know, the, the the things aren't really decided until after Thanksgiving." Like that. That is really the line of demarcation. Is you find out who's going to be in the postseason and who starts to separate around Thanksgiving. Everything else is sort of building towards the second half of the year and playing your best football in November, December. But you can be out of it by then. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what these guys need to do. What Tom would say is we just got to find ways to win while we're getting better. Like you, you gotta you gotta stack some wins while you're doing this and and then hope that and and that's every season that he had here, right? Was especially the Super Bowl year, they're seven and five. And nothing's really happening. And they're kind of mm-hmm. in danger of not making the playoffs at that point. But then they started stacking them and they and they figured mm-hmm. some things out and they got better each week. Um they had a little luck with health and so on and so forth, and it became more of Tom's offense. And then they made their eight game winning streak run, you know, and, and won the Super Bowl. But that's sort of what it takes. Like you can't be the team that's stacking losses as you get into November, like that's when you got to go. And, and they actually have a great opportunity to do just that. You know, the Houston is a team they can beat. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think they have more talent and they don't have a rookie quarterback. And I don't care what you say. You know, CJ Stroud has been fantastic. I mean, he doesn't look like a rookie on film, but he is. And then, you know, next week you're probably playing another young quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, and the Titans. with, with, with the Houston, with the Tennessee Titans and Will Levis, mm-hmm. who's been great. You know, he threw four touchdown passes the first game. He's given uh, Pittsburgh all he can handle. In fact, he's leaving as we're doing this. Uh, Leading as we're doing this podcast, sixteen to thirteen. But Levis has been really good, and the Titans have more talent, you know, than their record shows. I mean, they, you know, they're three and four going into the Thursday night game. That's what the Bucks are, you know. So they're not, they're not bad football team. They're not, mm-hmm. you know. But you are at home. And it's a winnable game, right? That division is one that you can make some hay. So you have to win those games to get yourself sort of into November and then get better as you find ways to win the games, you know? And they need wins. I mean, it's not – It's to me, this is no longer about, hey, do you think they're starting to gel on offense? Do you think, you know – the Trey Palmer is really coming along as that third no it, it none of this matters right Rashad White is he the guy uh-uh this is about winning any way you can win run it, throw it, kick it, turn it over like it doesn't matter now right all that other all that mumbo jumbo talk about you know and and we had another you know Dave Canales speaks every week um the the deficiency of this football team there's a bunch of them. But the biggest one is they don't score, okay? And scoring is down all the way across the NFL. It just is. And I think it's because of the quarterback play. My my personal opinion is we've seen a, a seismic shift in the quarterback play in the NFL. You know, you've lost the Bradys. You've lost the Roethlisbergers. Well, you've lost the Mannings. Brady talked about that this week
0: because they asked Did him, he? like, who's the next him? and And I'll paraphrase his comments, but he doesn't see many quarterbacks now that just find ways to win. just keep your teams in game. Don't make mistakes to knock your team out of it. Just mm-hmm. you know, it, you know. And he talked about you know playing almost every da- every game of his career outside of one year with the knee injury. And you, yeah, you got to do it for a long time. You have to be there every Sunday for your team. But just but finding ways to win, and and, and not putting your team not 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 creating losses by your play. Right, a risky pass, and that's, and they, that's what they, you see. You know, yeah, forcing things or whatever else. I mean, that's what Tom Brady did better. He was more patient than anybody ever to play
1: that position. Absolutely. Yep. You were going to have to beat him. He was not going to beat himself. Mm-hmm. He was not going to throw a bunch of interceptions or take bad chances. If, if, if And he would say it. It's, just, it's it's easy to say, hard to do. But he had answers for everything, and and he was patient. One of the things that I was talking to – I used to talk to Byron Lefkowitz about this. He goes, I wish people – could see how he looks at the game, and everybody saw the game the way he does. He goes, but you know, most quarterbacks want to be the guy, right? That they got the ball in their hands, and they want to rip this pass, and they want to, they want to be the guy that wins the game. You know, they're the quarterback, right? Let me quarterback this thing. But in reality, the the, the genius of Tom was, he was he was perfectly fine with being boring. Take the check down. They're playing cover two. We're going to check it down. Oh, they're going to play single high. Now we'll throw it over their heads. Oh, you're gonna play back. We'll run the ball. You know, inside leverage, you throw it outside. Outside leverage, you throw it inside. Like he was completely content with playing that that counter game. You know, to whatever they did, we had an answer for. And then then he would make big plays on top of it. But most quarterbacks can't do that. They don't have the patience. They don't have the accuracy. They don't. And and like to your point, they don't play every Sunday. You know, they. And and I think what has happened, my personal theory of just covering the football, it's matriculated up from the high schools where if you have maybe even Pee Wee, you know, you've got a great athlete, you're gonna put him at quarterback now. You know, where before maybe he was a receiver or running back or, or whatever. Now it's like, no, let's put the ball in his hands and if he runs, he runs, or if he throws, he throws, but he's a playmaker and we can win that way, right? And then that comes up through college, and you got the jets you know the the whole r p o s and all of that, and guys in the shotgun and all the seven on sevens and now it's come to the n f l and guys aren't reading things out, you know they are maybe one two you know as my friend Tom Moore says it's one two throw that- son, son of a gun now, man, get that thing out of your hand, like <laughs> you don't get the three, you know it's one two go, get rid of it, and uh and and you don't see that, right, in the NFL. And I think, you know, more and more teams, like, they're just, they're always searching for the next quarterback, but how many of them are really out there? Even the guys that are on top of their game, right? And we'll get into the Brady podcast when you talk to Josh Allen, who he loves. But Josh Allen doesn't play the game the way other guys have. Patrick Mahomes doesn't play the game from the pocket. Those guys like to do stuff running the football and with their feet and extending plays and off off platform and all that stuff and and a couple can do it they're brilliant at it most cannot and so it's just i think it's a league of bad quarterback play really to be honest with you um which brings us (laughs) uh to the box because the excuses are over right and i enjoy every wednesday we get a chance to talk to dave canal or thursday good chance to talk to dave canalis and it doesn't matter what happens the week before. I love his attitude. He comes and he says, how's it going, guys? How's everybody doing? You know, he's a he, it, it's first and 10, as he says, when he wakes up every day, right? When in reality, it's more like third and 15. But for him, first in 10. and 10. And he's ready to go, um, which you like about him. And I think that, that positivity permeates mm-hmm. the team. And so even though they're three and four, nobody's hanging their head. Everybody thinks that things are fine um, because he's, he's fine. But the offense is not good, okay? And it hasn't been good for a while. And the proof of that is, you know, 6 points, 13 points, 18 points. You can't even make it to 20, right? Not even more than once uh, or twice, but consistently. When you should be scoring 30, like the, the goal should be 30 points a game, 450 yards, right? That's that's what you're kind of looking for. I mean, Tom Brady used to say, and I know I'm quoting him a lot, but he's like, like whether you throw it for 300 and run for 150 or run for 200 and throw for, you know, whatever the difference of that is, uh, 250, you, you need about 400, 450 yards, and you need 30 points. Like, the game is about points. You have to score points. These guys don't score any points. Like, none. And... There's a lot of reasons for it, right? And in the beginning, it was, well, you know, new system, uh, new running game, zone reads, you know, running backs got to pick their hole, put their foot in the ground, and they just kind of get a feel. And now it doesn't matter because now they've admitted we're a bad running team. Okay. We're a pass. We're better throwing pass protection and throwing the ball than we are running the football. But that hurts them because then their defense is on the field and they're going three and outs and you know, you end up w- with what you ended up with last Thursday. Uh, the other thing that's happening to them as much as anything with the poor, slow starts and inefficiencies in a red zone and all that is their penalties are out of control. Like just and and the stuff you can control the pre-snap stuff. Um, I wrote a story in the Tampa Bay times on Tampa com. This team is the third most flagged team in the NFL in terms of, Volume, right? They, they, they're, they're having seven point one penalties per game, and, and they just had the eleven for seventy four in that loss to Buffalo. So, of their 50, 50 penalties that have been accepted so far, twenty of them are pre snap penalties. Twenty out of fifty. Again, I don't do math, but that seems like a high percentage. That's 40%. damn near fifty percent, forty percent. So 40% you can control primarily by knowing where to line up and what the snap count is. Those two things, right? Am I covering a guy up? Am I Pre-snap penalties. Where to line up? What's the snap count? And if you can't do that in professional football, like you've been playing this game since you were 10 years old. Can't win with them, as Mike Singletary would say. Can't have them. I'd rather play with a lesser player who's not going to kill me, you know, with, with these with these darn penalties. And, of course, the guy that leads them is their right tackle, Luke Gedeke. He's got four false starts and a holding penalty this season. Four. He had two in the game the other night. So, you know, and, and Dave, God bless him, he's the most positive guy in the world. But he also kind of, like, falls on the sword too often he was up there on thursday blaming himself or at least asked questioning himself as to whether he's responsible for these penalties which i think is ludicrous but he said you know i gotta go to me first and ask myself what am i doing what indecision what's the hesitancy you know the angst at the snap that i'm creating with what we're asking them to do what huh he goes I know it, you know we can't be as simple as, you know, to not have any alerts on plays, but there's ways, you know, to take advantage of the defense and you know, that's part of the growing pains and this was a problem this was a problem in Seattle, I'll be honest with you. You know, just over time we got better at it. The quarterback and the center on the snap and just the discipline of the play of the tackles and you know, we just got to be more disciplined out there. So so this happened in Seattle which I I would imagine that's why he's sort of thinking there's some you know relationship here. But I just think it's concentration. I just think it's guys, maybe they're a little nervous about what they're supposed to do. Maybe they're trying to get a jump on who they're playing against. Maybe crowd noise is a factor. But they they handled the crowd noise in Minnesota and in New Orleans. I assure you there's no louder places in the NFL. They didn't have any pre-snap penalties in either place. So I don't know what it is, but... Uh, I don't think it's Dave's fault primarily. I, I put some of this on the players. They're playing the game. But the, the penalties, Um. and now teams, and I wrote about this too in the Tampa Bay Times, so now teams say they're they on to Canales and they've seen the Seattle offense and the Rams offense and they're like, look, Baker Mayfield is perfect for what they want to do, right? What they want to do is get him away From the center, get him outside the pocket, get him into passing lanes, so the six foot, almost six foot one, quarterback can see right and can throw into windows. Well, so now teams are like, yeah, we're not going to let you do that. We're going to turn you into a pocket guy, a pocket passer, because we know that you can hurt us with your feet, and you're really good at throwing, you know, on the move, and you're very accurate and that you can get guys open that way on the play action. So they're not honoring the play action because they can't run the ball very well, and now they're keeping them in the pocket, and they're hitting them a lot. And so you've got to counter that. You know, you have to make plays from the pocket. you got to get the ball out of your hand. And so what do you see last week on Thursday night, when the last time they played 10 days ago, whatever it was, or not quite 10 days yet, um, now... Rashad White suddenly is available to you in the flat, right? And so he was seven of seven when he targeted Rashad White, and, and White got good yardage out of that. Um, you know, he averaged, I think, almost 10 yards a catch. So you have an answer, right? But what you really need to do is run the football because if you could run the football, they can't play cover two all day, and now you can start getting the ball to your outside receivers like Godwin and Mike Evans – um, because right now your third receiver is a rookie and he's kind of costing you with penalties and other things. They took back a 26 yard run because of his flag, and it's just kind of a mess because you don't do it. There's no hey, what do we do? Right? Do we throw it deep? Do we beat man cup where you know where we're not seeing man coverage? Okay, well do we have cover two beaters? Do we do we protect the passer really well? Do you know what do we do? And they they kind of are morphing as they go along trying to figure out what defenses are now doing to them and how to counter it. So it's, it's not just learning your offense and having faith. I think they took a step running the football last week. I know some plays got called back. Rashad White was much more violent. He ran with more authority. He may not have picked the right hole all the time, but he was committed to going, and I think that made a difference. So if he continues that, I think there's a real good chance that they're going to have that day, that rushing day, I don't know if it would be this week, but they're going to have it. Um, but this team has to score points, right? They just got to find a way to score points. And the way they've been doing it early in the season was when they got over 20, turnovers, short fields, You know, still bad in the red zone, but you kick three field goals, you score a couple touchdowns, all of a sudden you look like you did something. Um, that's what they got to get back to. But I, it, this week, this Sunday, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. They got If they win six to five, you come home and say, okay, cool, we're four and four. You know, that that's what this week is about. It's not about anything else. All right, I want to tell you a story about Tom Brady that uh, actually he told uh, when he was talking to Josh Allen on his podcast, I guess, the other day. It's kind of interesting. You'll like it. Uh, but first, I want to tell you guys that for the past 14 years, the skilled pros of May Electric Solar, they've been installing solar energy systems in Florida. You know this. They provide the most reliable solar equipment the best installation methods and service, while helping owners homeowners cut energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment. Well, May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees. They never use subcontractors, and they've always offered the safest and most reliable equipment. Now, May Electric Solar offers a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means you're Roof, your electrical and equipment replacement is now covered. Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar and is owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees at all. And this policy will transfer to new homeowners with absolutely no fee. This is not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to even be part of this program. May Electric Solar's reputation and history of workmanship has earned this membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit com. So, you know, I used to listen to uh, the Let's Go podcast every Monday night. I mean, I had to because the Bucks quarterback, it was his podcast with Jim Gray. And it was entertaining. And, you know, usually Tom would say something that was newsworthy. Um. And I haven't been listening to it for a while <laughs> because I don't, I don't have to anymore. Um, but there, this was brought to my attention. Somebody sent me this. It was Tom Brady, and, of course, he, he was talking to Josh Allen uh, about about not wanting Josh to run the football as much. And it was interesting because he just feels like, you know, the hits can pile up on you. You can, you know, you, 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 even though you're you, you're getting a first down for your team, Guys can fall on you, and it's going to hurt you, and they really need you to play quarterback. And, of course, Tom, that was his secret sauce, right? He didn't miss games. He had the torn ACL one year. He never missed games uh, besides that because he was very careful. Uh, And he wasn't the athlete that Josh Allen is, and he didn't have really the weapon of running the football as much as Josh Allen. Um, But his point was, you know, was well taken and, and Josh listened to him and said, well, I could get hurt in a pocket too and whatever. Here's the interesting part though. Brady revealed on his let's go podcast that he separated his right shoulder against the bills on a quarterback sneak for a touchdown in 2001. Now what's interesting about that, he was hit by uh, Matt Milano who uh, of the bills, the linebacker as he reached the end zone. What's interesting about it is that he really didn't appear on the injury report the next week, um, or for that matter, really that much the rest of the year. So separated right shoulder, which did not heal up you know, over the course of the rest of the season, and I looked at the old injury report. They were playing the Saints the next week, and one day he took off. It just said resting, non-injury related. And then the last day when he did participate, it said non-injury related, was resting the player, and then it had slash right shoulder. So it mentioned the right shoulder after saying there was no injury. Um, Brady told Allen this. He said, I separated my right shoulder on a quarterback sneak on the goal line. Milano in the end zone separated my right shoulder, and it bothered me for the rest of the season. So the next week, probably the worst game that Brady's played – Maybe in his career, but certainly in Tampa. Remember when they got shut out, Steve, by the Saints 9 to nothing. How bad that game was? That was awful. And and he was bad. Like And now it's kind of obvious why, right? I mean, if he had a separated shoulder and he's playing the first game back, that was the game that he kind of threw Chris Godwin into danger and the guy took out his knee and he had the three torn knee ligaments. Leonard Fournette went out in that game. They were dropping like flies. And he got shut out. I mean, Tom Brady and shut just never went together. Um, the next week he did put up some points, but he said he played the last six or seven, eight weeks, whatever was left, with a separated right shoulder. And, of course, that was the season that they got way behind against the Rams, and then he came back and had them ready to go into overtime, and then they give up the big passes to Cooper Cup and Matt kicks the field goal, and they're done. And then he retires and then comes back and probably shouldn't have. But so now this is the second injury since Tom was here the Super Bowl year. And I reported this uh, that after the season, I found out he had played with a torn MCO the entire season, knee brace, all that. And then the next year, you know, he had surgery on it in the offseason, came back, no knee brace, felt liberated, free, all that stuff. But yeah, so and, and that was not, that was also not an, and I guess. In some ways, like I don't know the rules because I think injury reports are stupid. They only exist for gamblers. But if it doesn't affect you, right? Like if you're like, well, I can still play and practice just the same, then it's a little bit of that don't know, don't tell mentality, somewhat. Like, okay, so I got a shoulder, but guess what? I'm still practicing and playing. I mean, all you need to know is that, right? Mm, Maybe you need to know a little bit more. But in any event, uh, yeah. Played the entire remainder of the 2021 season with a separated right shoulder. Pretty amazing. All right, we'll wrap it up on this, uh, Steve. I was watching the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're at Columbus, which is a, not a good team. They had lost four games in a row. Um, they did not have what would be their number two goaltender, but now their number one goaltender between the pipes. Uh, nonetheless, uh, they jumped out to a uh, they got a two to one lead. They got a couple goals in the second period, and I thought, well, this is over. Like they're gonna they're gonna play this game. They're gonna win this game, and this would be a nice road win for them. And then I turn it back on, and with an empty net, they wind up losing four to two. How 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 difficult was this loss? Um, given that it's not against a good team, and they have not won a game on the road yet this year. Yeah, they're o three and one now.
0: Uh, this is this is a they controlled most of the game, but when you can't extend that lead, you know that's what you risk is all of a sudden you're still only one goal up, even though you've controlled play much of the game. Right. Um, uh, you know, you couldn't get beyond that two to one You had chances, but you couldn't get beyond that two to one lead. And then Columbus gets two goals quickly in the third and they add the empty netter mm-hmm. and they go to win four to two and, and the lightning, as you said, you know, Oh, three and one on the road this year. Yeah. I mean, it's not the way to start the road trip. No.
1: So what? So is this just and now you've got the three th-
0: divisional teams remaining on this trip, Ottawa, Toronto and Montreal.
1: Yeah, and you need to make some. You need to make some hay there. You pointed out, and I, I, I'm not a points guy. Like I don't, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still one of these dudes that watches hockey and and other sports. And said, did they win? You know, and if you don't win, it feels like a loss. Even though sometimes you get a point when you tie and get all that. Like I, the whole points thing kind of throws me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you made the point about points, which is, hey, if you kind of average one per game, one point per game, you're fine. Well, the the th- and Dave Michigan is the one who
0: really believes this and and over the years I, I agree with them usually 96 points get you in the playoffs very rare exceptions does 96 not get you in okay so if, if there's 82 games in the season but if you take it in 80 games divide mm-hmm. that into into segments of 10 games right you need to average 12 points every 10 games okay that gets so you to you- 96 points with two games to spare because you got 82 games and so they got eleven points. They got eleven in their first ten games. So they're right where we're like he to would. be at twelve. Yeah. But you're yeah. a point off. And you yeah, and you yeah. admittedly haven't played that well and you're without Andre Vasilevsky. Not that the goalies have been the issue with this team. Right. But you know, so you're would you, you know, had you got a point tonight? I mean that's that's the shame of the game tonight. It's okay you took a one goal lead into the third. At
1: least get it to it. At least get it to overtime
0: yeah. and get a point. You know, yeah. Even if you lost it, and because you gave up the two goals in the third, and then the empty netter at the end, but right, you know that cost you a point. That would have been your twelve and ten. Mm-hmm. So now it just means your next ten, you'd like to get at least thirteen
1: points if you want to keep that ninety-six point pace. So they're they're still uh, figuring out what their defense is going to be about, right? I, I mean,
0: mean that's that's been the message since training camp started. Is they've they've yeah. really changed kind of the way they they defend in in their own zone. It's less man to man, more of a kind of a zone type defense. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, you know, I'm not the expert, but when you watch the games and, and you hear them talk, it's you know there's still some thinking going on. And as quick as this game moves, you know it's about reacting. And when you're thinking of wait, where am I supposed to be or where am I supposed to go? Yeah, you know it. it, it, it it's not every play and every time down the ice, but a couple times a game that happens and they score on you. That can be the difference in the game, yeah. And you know, it was—I think it was after the 16-17 season. They didn't make the playoffs. They kind right. of changed some structure the next year. And if I recall right, it took them till about December until they really kind of got their mo- mojo and get going.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. And
0: you know, I mean, you're ten games in out of an 82 game season right now. Right. So they're still trying to figure some stuff out. Tyler Mott should be coming back.
1: Right. Um, that should help. He, he, yeah.
0: you know, John Cooper said he will play on this road trip. He did not play tonight, but he, he left the first game with an upper body injury. Okay. So hasn't played, although that's going to be a interesting roster decision because Alex yeah, Boulet got called up, and he's playing really well.
1: Boulet scores,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, and, you know, he may have finally secured a spot on this team longer term. Right, right. So it'll be interesting what move they, they do. Hayden Flurry was just sent down for a conditioning assignment. He can be down there at Syracuse for fourteen days, so okay. that may help things. But I mean the yeah. Lightning are not playing their best hockey, uh, particularly on the road.
1: Yeah, and they weren't good on the road last year, to be fair. I mean, I know this is early in the season, they only played four games on the road, but um you know that was that was an issue a year ago yeah, as it well. It was. And and you know, the other part of this too is
0: look, this was the first game in seven games they didn't get a point. That's a good point. They had pointed yeah, in six true. straight games. Now it'd yeah, like to be Columbus.
1: And the overtime but, losses are getting old and you know Well, they, I mean, they, a
0: couple of those points were overtime losses, but yeah. you know, this it was six straight games they had pointed in, so they didn't get tonight. Now they've got they've got you know, three games in four days coming up. They'll have Ottawa on Saturday, and then they'll get Toronto Montreal on Monday,
1: Tuesday back to back. Yeah. So three divisional foes. Yeah, make some hay in your division. And, you know, just got to get going, man. Start stacking some wins. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for them to just like... Munching points. That's what John Cooper likes to say. Munching points. Yeah, there you go. And they haven't done that yet.
0: Right. I mean, they're, they're keeping their head above. I mean, that's kind of what everyone has said is until Vasilevsky gets back and, and
1: you know, hopefully in well, about a, mu- about look, a month the, the, he'll be the back. The amazing but... thing about all this is that it's it, – and will he be better? Sure, he should be if healthy. But, like, you're right when you say it hasn't been the goaltending. Even uh, – was it Thompson that played? Tompkins played tonight. Now, he Tompkins went to Ohio played...
0: State and Cooper chose him to play this game in Columbus, which was kind of cool, to be honest. And he played was, well. Was, he played very played well.
1: well. Yeah, I didn't think he was the reason they lost. No, not at all. So, you know, for all the angst and, and rightfully so, when you lose a player like Andre Vaslowski, that's mm-hmm. that is not an excuse for for how they're playing. They just got to get the defense together in front of them a little bit.
0: But mm-hmm. and, and anyway, you know, you, you know, you'd like to get more than two goals when you were not, when you're controlling play tonight. But
1: yeah, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for point really, quite frankly, mm-hmm. to take off. You know, here's a 50 goal scorer; like he needs to start scoring. You know Cooch can do more like they've got elite scores on this team, and I just don't know that they've really hit their stride just yet but but to your you know and look it's it is a marathon, it is eighty something games, so we're just at the the very start of it. You know the thing is,
0: if if you did this stretch in the middle of the season, this eleven points in ten games, you wouldn't think you wouldn't anything
1: think of it. anything. Yeah, you wouldn't even think of it, and it, and those stretches can come anytime during the year, including at the start. So yeah, you're exactly right. But you but also,
0: don't... you know, as long as Vasilevsky's out and probably for about another month, maybe sooner than that. Right. Right. You know, all along didn't everyone say just keep your head above water? Yep. Well, yep, eleven points did. in ten games is keeping your head. Hang above in water. there. Yep. Keep just stay in it until he yeah. comes back and then You know, that's that's what they call hockey five hundred is the same number of points as games.
1: Gotcha. So they're gotcha. above hockey five hundred. Okay. All right. Well I won't I won't uh, be concerned for him. I just, you know I I mean I, I thought that, that this game of all the games on this road trip, like this was the one okay. And I didn't know who they were gonna play in net. But I, it wasn't his fault, but I just thought, okay, you got to get. Columbus is not good; they've lost four in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a team you can get. And then when they went, they were behind one nothing. Then when they went up two, two to to the one, I frankly switched to football. And then when I got back, they were already trailing three two. So it was interesting. Um, they weren't able to get it, but hey, we'll see. This road trip continues. They got what three more stops before they come home again? Yep. Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal. Yeah, so those will be good tests for him. All right. Well, a uh, big weekend in store, of course. We've got all the college football. We'll talk to uh, Matt Baker about that next week and uh, as well as the Tampa Bay Bucks go down to Houston and they will take on the Houston Texans and try to snap this three-game losing streak. We'll be back to talk to you guys on Monday about that. Have an outstanding weekend. For Steve Versick on the Tampa Bay Times. We'll talk to you again on Monday.